As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, among them several stand out for their supportive immune function and respiratory health, NAC, Allerol, Serapeptase, and Abiotic Immune Plus. NAC promotes detoxification and healthy respiratory function. Allerol supports respiratory structures and functions. Serapeptase supports a healthy response to biological stress. And Abiotic Immune Plus is a botanical formula designed to support healthy immune system function. NAC, Allerol, Serapeptase, and Abiotic Immune Plus for supportive immune function and respiratory health. And they're available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. One of my favorite times of the week because, uh, well, you never know what's going to come up. We shuffle a deck and uh, we draw some cards and we see what the questions are going to be. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. We got some good ones in the mailbag. We have a question about strontium, right? Yes. This is from Alice. Uh, I've been told by some medical personnel that new studies show that strontium citrate does not improve bone. Supposedly, it raises the DEXA scan numbers but the bone health is not improved. Would you please clarify the story on strontium citrate? All right, let's Snopes that, okay? Ah, and, uh, Snopes. Sno- but don't go to Snopes to get no, your answers don't. because Snopes is like very biased. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen some answers that are just flat out wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's like he who barks the loudest gets to be, you know, the uh, arbiter of truth, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, but anyway, it's, it, it, so, um, the answer is that it's it's a partial truth in that if you take strontium you will just to explain and i think i've explained this before but so bear with me is if any of you remember taking basic chemistry there's something called the periodic table of chemistry which is that thing which has rows and columns and in one column is you'll see at the top of the column, magnesium, then you'll see calcium, then you'll see strontium. And one of the reasons why it is thought that you have to be careful when you take too much calcium and not enough magnesium is they may compete, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they're, they're, they're similar in structure, but magnesium's the lightest, calcium's heavier, and below calcium is strontium, which is even heavier. Mm-hmm. So when you take strontium, it gets absorbed by the body in a way similar to calcium. And it gets incorporated into bone in a way similar to the way that calcium gets incorporated into bone. Yeah. So far, so good. But calcium is heavier. I'm sorry, strontium is heavier. Mm -hmm. Strontium is heavier. So it actually lights up more on a scan. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's more illuminated on a scan. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that scan may then say, hooray, you've got a 10% improvement in your bone density. That is not entirely illusory, however. But what you have to do is you have to apply a correction. You have to say 10%, divide it in half. It's about a 5% improvement in bone density. Now, the proof of the pudding is there are things that will enhance bone density, but will not strengthen bone. For example, fluoride. Oh, yeah. Fluoride will, will, will actually make your bone density appear greater, but you have brittle 
poor quality bone. Mm. Strontium, however, has been tested. It was tested extensively in Europe where it was introduced as a drug, strontium ranolate. Yes. Strontium ranolate actually had bona fides in terms of the desirable endpoint, which is, I don't care if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your DEXA improves, I want to know if you're getting more fractures or less fractures. And what they found is both in the spine and the hip is that administration of strontium reduced the incidence of spinal fractures, compression fractures of the vertebrae, and also hip fractures. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is the decisive factor. Uh, so, but you know, what I'll do is I'll see patients who will go, oh my goodness, you know, I took strontium and my bone density went up 6%. I go, that's 3%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. it, that's fine. It, yeah. It's the right direction. Mm -hmm. It got better. Yeah. In addition, Alice takes Ostera and K7. Ostera is a hops based thing. There's yeah. some evidence that hops has. Uh, it slows down the rate of bone turnover. Yeah, is how it, that works. Uh, it actually has a mode of action that is similar in a milder way to, to uh, not bisphosphonates to what's called pro prolia. Prolia. Oh yeah. That right. prolia actually works uh, on an inflammatory pathway that hops also works on that helps bone. By the way, this is a good point to mention. I have a nice article that it's a good point to uh, mention this article, um, which is headline, I'm finding, I'm finding, finding. Okay, boom, 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 boom. Uh, Nature.com, this is the world's leading scientific journal. This yeah. is no fly-by-night scientific journal. Nature. Nature, yeah. Ultra-processed food targets bone quality via endochondral ossification. Wow. So there is this thing that happens when uh, your bones grow, and it has to do with the tibial growth plates. And they say, our findings highlight for the first time the severe impact of consuming ultra-processed foods on the growing skeleton. This pathology extends far beyond that explained by the known metabolic effects, in other words, making you fat or making you have heart disease or making you yeah. more likely to get cancer or digestive problems. Yeah. Highlighting bone is a new target for studies of modern diets. This is a fabulous study. I'm going to talk wow. about it more this weekend on my wow. show. But uh, you want me to send it to you? Oh, please. Yeah. Please so you, know, you. you could write a whole article. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so Layla... I won't give out your email. <laughs> I just, you know, it's like. So Alice, besides Osteris taking MK7, bone support, vitamin D, biocell, and collagen. Those are all great. Yeah, she's got those all the life. Oh, one other thing she could take. She could take olive leaf extract, which oh, also has some yes. bone enhancing effects. You know, the, the mm -hmm. benefits of the Mediterranean diet with extra virgin olive oil may extend to bone as well. Yeah, and strength training. And Alice. no ultra-processed foods. <laughs> right, right. Good point at which to pause and allow our listeners to hear from one of our sponsors. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. 
to order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you, and we vet our sponsors very, very carefully. So uh, what's our next question, please? Oh, this comes from Anthony. I've had gout for 24 years, and my dad had chronic gout that left his legs deformed in the last 10 years of his life. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my dad drank scotch whiskey heavily every day. (laughs) Which doesn't help. And I not to make that mistake. Doesn't help. Right. So, uh, I do like my St. Pauli Girl beer, but I must restrict that as well. I eat a restricted diet. No prescription drugs. No organ meats. No red meat. No pork, beef, elk, deer, rabbit. No white flour, pickled meats, rye flour, or oats. He's on a lower purine diet with some element of some lower carbohydrate Uh diet. Nothing fried or deep fried or fast foods of any kind. I try and refrain from most high purine style foods, which is what he mentioned with the organ meats and meat and stuff. But. Yeah. Uh, But. But I, I think high nitrogen foods can give me gouty problems. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, gout is very much associated with metabolic syndrome. Yes. And metabolic syndrome is not driven by purines. It's no. driven by carbohydrates and especially by fructose. Mm. And so if you're drinking soda, you know, or if you yeah. are... Uh, or lots of juice. Yeah. So yeah. just just mention, talk about hereditary gout. There, I don't think there is a, like a very specific entity hereditary gout. There may be a, a rare... Um, condition of high susceptibility to gout, but gout is familial to some extent. So, for example, and I just look it up, um, the risk increases with the number of the first degree relatives affected. Having a twin brother with gout carries an eightfold risk, whereas having a parent or offspring with gout has a twofold risk, mm-hmm. only twofold. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And uh, they say genetic factors contribute one-third in men and one-fifth in women. So, you know, one-third, but environmental factors, i.e. Yeah. diet. Yeah. And, yeah. So, Anthony's almost 70 years old, and he's struggling with controlling the swelling in his left leg and feet. He says, I drink plenty of water, and I understand my body must constantly be flushing out the uric acid. And he's trying to keep his uric acid level below six. Well, there's something to do that. But, you know, I... Usually, when I send people to you who have gout, they're pretty much attuned to the purine part. Yeah. But they're not attuned to the carb part. Yes. And when you yes. you go over their diet history, it's like busted. Mm-hmm. They have insulin resistance, mm-hmm. and they have some degree of obesity. Yeah. Uh, or you know, less than optimal weight. They have a hemoglobin yeah. A1C that's like five nine or six one or you know something like mm-hmm. that. And then, then they can modify their diets. Now, it's tricky because you want a low-carb diet that's low in purines. How do you pull that off? What would you eat? You, well, you could eat you could eat chicken. Okay. I mean, you're not going to eat red meat. You're not going to eat white meat. Meats, more white meat chicken. More white meat. You're not going to eat sardines. White, white fish. White type fish like white type fish like sole and flounder, flounder. and things like that. Oh. Not your sardines. Not. I've your been mackerel. on a sole jag. I have a, uh, I, you know, I, sole is so good. yeah. I have the, the. I have a fisherman who comes actually where I spend weekends. He comes from there with the brings the fish, That's fresh fish. You know, yeah. he picks it up like you like. Use square market. 
No, not Union Square, because I'm, I'm on uh, 47th Street, so okay. there's the Dog Hammarskjöld Market once a oh, week. Nice. And he sets up there, so I have like a morning routine, like, hi, how are you doing? You know, you have any soul, do you have any flounder, or, you know, and, yeah, uh, and then delicious. I, I, the other day I filleted it, I did, I actually, asked, um, the I, whole fish? Uh, no, it's just the, the just fillets. The, just the fillets. Yeah. But, okay. It's a little expensive, but, you know, uh, so yeah, when well. they fillet it, you know, eating the whole fish is more economical. But anyway, so, um, I, 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 I got a new batter, which is like, uh, it's a nut batter. Yeah. So I, uh, dip it in paleo flour, very light dusting. Uh, put it in, uh, take a yolk and, and, and whip it, dip it into that. So yeah. it creates sort of a glue for the, um, uh, the, uh, nut, the nut, uh, nut flour, right. So you get the batter on. And then, uh, put it into a pan and saute it in, uh, I use peanut oil. Okay. But easily you could use other oils. Yeah, you could yeah. use olive oil. You could use butter. Yep. Yeah. You could use butter. But, you could use uh, butter and olive oil. Ghee, ghee more because you don't want butter burns. Ghee would yeah. be preferable, but yeah, I mean, the olive oil it could lower the could raise the smoke point a bit, which is better. But right, ghee is better. I think ghee is better. Yeah, but okay, peanut oil has got a little bit of omega six, but yeah. anyway, it's really good. It, wow, it reminds me, you know, like when you go like when you're walking along the boardwalk and you smell like the fried clams. Yeah, that is so intoxicating smell. Yeah. That yeah. smell like the seafood. The the smell of fudge. The smell of uh, pizza and oh, the smell pizza. of frying fish is very intoxicating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I have to cross the street instead of walking by the pizzeria. <laughs> yeah. So, Anthony, oh, you remember? You remember Mrs. Fields' cookies? They don't have them anywhere. But oh, yes. They used to ventilate used to the to outside. Macy's. No, but they used to ventilate to the <laughs> sidewalk. They used to have. On, it was to like get on purpose. To come in. Yeah. <laughs> Aroma. <therapy>. It was. <laughs> Oh, Mrs. Fields cookies. It's like that. Oh, they're making the chocolate chip cookies. I remember that. Right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Anthony's taking a couple of herbs like Urolo or Gout Out. Gout Out. Well, uh, you know, uh, Devil's Claw is one of the herbs that can be, I mean, certainly curcumin. Uh, Devil's Claw is a specific for gout. Mm -hmm. Um, We also like to use. uh, folate for gout because oh. it seems to accelerate the uric acid pathway where it gets uh, mm-hmm. uh, biodegraded, you know, broken down. Mm-hmm. And and the another secret for that is to use uh, tart cherry juice. Oh, right. uh, but tart unsweetened, cherry. absolutely unsweetened. Tart you don't want all that uh, yeah. fruit sugar. But it it actually seems to have an anti-inflammatory effect in gout. Mm-hmm. Anthony, you've got you're doing the purine thing, but it's not about the purines that uric acid, like Doctor Hoffman. Well, it, it is about. a little bit about the purines, yeah. but you know. But it's it's could be more about the insulin resistance, yeah, than anything. Will drinking water really flush out uric acid? I don't. I mean, is that a? Th- yeah, I mean, the uric acid is measured in the blood, but yeah, okay, well, I don't know. Drink, okay, yeah, lower well, sodium too, you know. I suppose. But all right. I mean, I guess it could be. Wor- I mean, um, but don't no alcohol, please. No, 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 no alcohol. No, no. This is from Linda. My sister is a nurse. And, and just remember, yes. so he should remember, it's only two-thirds hereditary. Oh. As a male. As a male, okay. Yeah, according to statistics. Yeah. two-thirds hereditary. So it's like, so he's not doomed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Linda writes, my sister is a nurse and recently accepted a night shift position in order to have time to take courses to advance future employment prospects. That's That's great. Okay. I know it's not ideal to work at the night shift. It's classified as a carcinogen, right? 
But yes. would you be able to provide recommendations like diet, exercise, sleep, and anything else you might find relevant on general health practices well, for someone who works this type of schedule? Yeah. There are weeks where she's scheduled back-to-back, which I personally believe should be illegal due to the potential risks to both the worker and those under their care. Yeah, you know, when you were a resident, didn't you have to do, like, all-nighters and 36 hours? I don't want you to operate on me if you're sleep deprived. Do you know what I mean? I, I agree with Linda here. I, I was I was in medicine, not surgery, so be, you know. I'd be putting like central lines into people, yeah, and I'd be, like putting, I'd be like I'd be like tapping <laughs> tapping their abdomens to pull out ascites right. and like procedures like that. And like, oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, but I, during my surgery rotation, because in medical school yeah, I got to do surgery, I remember falling asleep while holding retractors. I just kind of lean back and just like. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just like you know when you hold retracting, it's like to keep the the uh, operating field yeah. open and clear, you know. So they say here, hold this and pull on it, you know, and you know, yeah. and it's like, excuse me, uh, young medical student, can you, yes. you know, right. it's embarrassing. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you do when you have what, to work so? Nitrogen? At the very least, you should take melatonin. Yes, uh, you know, because you're killing your melatonin when you are you know, in light in the daytime, and it doesn't take much light to extinguish melatonin. No. So you can somewhat reestablish your circadian rhythm mm-hmm. by taking melatonin before your bedtime. Now, your bedtime is going to be what? You know, you get you get off work at 8 o'clock in the morning, and 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, you're going to sleep, sleep through the day. Uh, that, you know, you want real good blackout shades. Yes, blackout uh, curtains, all you know, of that. I think exercise is good. Noise, uh, yeah. And also, I think uh, also creating uh, meal structure, meal discipline, because that's also part of chronobiology. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, really try and eat not crappy foods at night mm-hmm. because the food availability at night it, I mean, I remember working at night, what was available? It's like, let's call for pizza. Let's call for, you know, Chinese food. Let's call for, oh, let's, or worse yet, let's go to the machines in the hospital, which are all candy, or yeah. or let's just grab a can of Ensure from one of the patients. Oh, my goodness. You know, the, pa- the patient is lying there in a coma. They put, a, they put like a can of Ensure there. The patient is unconscious. Like, nobody, she's not going to drink it. Take her Ensure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just you get know, a quick, like, pick-me-up. Exactly. The first time I ever encountered an ice cream vending machine, which I didn't know existed, oh. there was such a thing <laughs> really? as an ice cream vending machine. Really? I was an undergrad nutrition student. Oh, wow. And it was at my, it was at my campus. Wow. It dur- I said, what? <laughs> you, this can give me an ice cream sandwich or a cone yeah. or something? What is this doing here? And I just find it ironic that it's... That's a special kind of machine because it has I to be ever, refrigerated. Yeah, right. Has, right. Yeah. But I, I, this is the first place I encountered it in my life is in the School of Health Sciences where I just became an undergrad nutrition right. student. I, I just found that completely Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, eating healthy food. I remember one of my survival strategies when I was on that kind of regimen is I brought really healthy food, you know. So I would open up, I would have like a lunchbox, you know, and I would open it up and it would be, and at the time I was a a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And so I would have like brown rice and seaweed and beans. And, you know, at least, but at least that was healthier fare than what some of my peers were eating. Right. You know. Uh, Pepsi and Twizzlers. Yeah. T- and the, PB&J. You know, talk about being in recovery. I mean, I think a lot of people in medical training, and nurses are certainly part and parcel. This is not just yes. restricted to MDs and DOs and 
anybody in medical training is the part of their life where they get their life straightened out and they recover from the rigors of that the, the, the circadian rhythm destruction, the bad diets, yeah. the inability to exercise properly, the lack of greenery to get outside and do those things, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, ordinary people do to refresh their lives, yeah. you know, and not to mention the chemical exposure. I mean, uh, a hospital is a sick building by definition because yeah. they're constantly uh, administering medication uh, that medic- and then you know the, not to mention the germs and the flora that's in the right. air there. And then the, the disinfectants. The disinfectants. Yes. Maybe the worst of all. Yeah. It, it it's not. So. It ain't great. No. It ain't great. No. So keeping a set sleep schedule where possible, regular meal times, set meal times, and set exercise times perhaps yes. because all anything you can do to 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 create a bit of a routine for the body because mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. body rebels in these nighttime. Right routines well hopefully linda's sister because she took this position she's taking some courses to advance herself that hopefully it's just temporary yeah but you know to talk about you know the 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 risk you know is it carcinogenic it there's a much higher risk of breast cancer among uh female health personnel who are shift workers i thought it was all kinds of cancers not just breast cancer well at very least breast cancer yeah you know and maybe it extends to other related cancers certainly but you know the other thing I gotta say I mean you know maybe it's changed but I you would see the daytime nurses were reasonably fit Hmm. and you know the the, the 8 to 4 then the 4 to 8 a little less fit and I have to say Unfortunately, the, the, the graveyard shift nurses were almost virt- virtually universally obese. Mm. And, um, you know, I would call, I said, I need a nurse. And they'd be like, we're on break. And they'd be eating like, oh, my God, you know, like uh, yeah. horrible stuff. Horrible stuff. <laughs> Look, this is not to, I'm yeah. going to get blowback from nurses who are, you know, health conscious. But. And it's hard to generalize, but it, this was Bellevue Hospital, back remember, in back in the day, yes. in the 1980s, early 1980s. And it was, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, yeah. Linda, best of luck to your sister and in her studies and her, in her career. And then, and, and just, and get adequate sleep, you know, because yes. it, it's hard to get adequate sleep when you're working that. It just makes sure, because sleep deprivation is a killer. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, that's all the time that is allotted to us. Uh, we thank you for your questions. We still have a couple more uh, in the mailbag, but we encourage your questions. Radio program at AOL.com. If you didn't hear a question uh, addressed this week, it there may be a, a, a week or two lag yeah. as we catch up, but we'll get there. Yes. We're committed to. Yes. Uh, so do continue listening. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And uh, once again, my salutation, instead of being safe, be safe. A lot of people are saying be safe. Well, be safe, but also be free and enjoy life. Yes. And I uh, I go with that. Be free, everyone. Live life to the fullest. Yes. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. 
please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.